You're listening to Rama for Today. Now, you know, every day now they're checking her every day. So 10 days went by, you know, and she said later the devil kept telling her, well, it's spread too far. They're not going to do anything. Just too far gone, too far gone. Finally, after the 10th day, they called her in with her husband, five doctors. And then they said to her, sit down there now. One of them, his spokesman, said, I've got something to tell you. And she said, of course, you know, it rushed in upon her mind. They're going to tell me, well, it's too far gone. There's no use doing anything. We're not going to fly you up there. But he said to her, you know, it's all disappeared. We, we don't understand it. We wouldn't even believe you ever had it if we didn't have all these records. See, we've got the one record of where they'd operate on since, you know, here has been the Air Force. But then they got the records from the other places, you see, through the years. Welcome to Rama for Today. Kenneth E. Hagan continues his teaching on the Spirit Within and the Spirit Upon, Volume 2. Next on Rama for Today Radio. Also, later in today's program, I'll tell you about this month's special radio offer. Right now, let's join Kenneth E. Hagan for today's message. Wigglesworth was mightily used along that line with this manifestation of special faith. When he first came here to the United States, he was preaching out in, in the uh, San Francisco Bay Area. Now, actually, he wasn't invited to be a speaker, but he was just here. And they, you know, being from England, they asked him to speak. And after he spoke, they saw he said, I have something from God. So they put him up every day to speak. And there was a fellow, a little boy leading a blind man. Well, Wigglesworth, you see, laid hands on this blind man and had a manifestation. He knew in his spirit the man's healed. And so he pronounced him healed. Well, the very next night, that little old kid led that blind man in. Man couldn't see a thing. Wigglesworth, in fact, the song leader was up leading congregational singing. And Wigglesworth just got up and stopped him, said, everybody stop, everybody wait. Said, see that man being led by that child? Little boy, about 12 years old, leading him. Said, he's healed. Now, see, you can't do that with ordinary faith. Oh, you could say it, but wouldn't nothing happen. Now, the very next night, so happened the service already in progress when they came. And here was this 12-year-old boy leading the blind man into the service under the tent. Wigglesworth got up again, stopped the song leader, said, you see that fellow, that man, that boy's leading? Said he was blind, but he's healed the night before last. You know, people start shaking their head. The third night, same thing happened. They didn't get in on time. Song leader's leading congregational singing. Here the boy come leading him in. And... Uh, Wigglesworth got up again and announced that he was healed a couple of nights ago here. Well, they went on the service. Wigglesworth started preaching right in the middle of his sermon. The blind eyes suddenly popped open. The fellow could see. He got up on his chair back there in the tent and started preaching. <laughs> Praise God. But now that was this special faith in operation, you see. I mean, I mean, if all of us with ordinary faith could do that, we'd do that every service, you know. Now, then there is uh, the working of miracles. That supernatural power given from God producing signs and wonders. Intervention in the ordinary course of nature. Now, I personally believe, and, and you know, I, I'll be honest with you, I see a lot of things different about these manifestations today and this year than I did last year. We're growing. Hallelujah. We ought to see, we ought to gain new knowledge and fresh revelation. But I'm personally convinced that uh, gifts of healings is just exactly what he said has to do with healing. 
And that healing is a renewal of the body from a disease condition. But that the working of miracles, and miracles is more over here in the area of, uh, you know, like for instance, I know of people. In fact, my, one of my nieces was operated on first time when she was 16 years old. Now, when she was 16 years old, and the doctors didn't confide in her, but she had an operation, some of her female organs taken out because they were cancerous. And between 16 and 20, she had four operations. And she didn't know all, you know, why it's far necessary because they didn't tell her there's malignant. They just hoped each time they got all of it. Well, she got married and she married a fellow in the Air Force. And I remember, you know, that uh, 1958, we were in a meeting in Pennsylvania. And so they had uh, finally told her, her husband in the Air Force, he stayed in San Antonio. And so they'd finally called. Now, now he knew it because she'd had one of these operations after they married. But he didn't, uh, he didn't tell her. But now then the doctors called him and her in and said, Well, all these operations you've had is for cancer. And it's spread upward in your body now throughout your stomach, you see, and so on. So we're going to send you, you know, to, to Washington, D.C. to Walter Reed Hospital. This is 1958 now. And take what they call then the gold ray treatment. Mr. Dulles, you remember, had that. And then after you take this treatment that we think maybe will stop the spread of this, you see, then we're going to operate on you and take out about half of your stomach or two-thirds of it. And we trust if everything goes well, you may live another two years. That's the best we can promise you. That's not much for a young woman. Well, I remember I was in the pulpit up there in Pennsylvania preaching when suddenly the Spirit of God came on me. And it was just as like as though I was standing down there in San Antonio. And I cursed that foul thing, commanded to leave her and her to become normal and well. And the whole top of her head to soldier's feet. Well, the day came when, of course, her husband the Air Force, the Air Force was going to fly her up there. And they didn't fly her. They said, let's wait a day or two. Now, you know, every day now they're checking her every day. So 10 days went by. You know, and she said later the devil kept telling her, well, it's spread too far. They're not going to do anything. Just too far gone, too far gone. Finally, after the 10th day, they called her in with her husband, five doctors. And then they said to her, sit down there now. One of them, his spokesman, said, I've got something to tell you. And she said, of course, you know, it rushed in upon her mind. They're going to tell me, well, it's too far gone. There's no use doing anything. We're not going to fly you up there. But he said to her, you know, it's all disappeared. We, we don't understand it. We wouldn't even believe you ever had it if we didn't have all these records. See, we've got the one record of where they'd operate on since, you know, he has been in the Air Force. But then they got the records from the other places, you see, through the years. We, we wouldn't ever believe you ever had it. And not only that, see, we told you, because, you see, some of the female organs have been removed and so on. We told you you couldn't have children, but the female organs are back. And so if you don't want children, you better be careful. <laughs> and so they had a child. Well, now, I believe personally that you've got a combination here. Both a working of miracles. Because, you see, that, th those organs being replaced is not healing. If you'd cut your thumb there, say, well, God healed that thumb. Well, good, it'd heal up. But if you don't have any thumb there, you couldn't say God healed the thumb. There ain't none there to heal. So, and I believe that in many areas of, of people that are crippled and so on, that we have the miracles. Now, you'll notice this. Talking about working the miracles. Let, let, let's go back real quick to that, to the 8th chapter of Acts. We looked at it before. This is kind of, at a, you know, a little, maybe a little different angle. 8th chapter of Acts. Let's start reading the 5th verse. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. 
They gave heed unto him, now get this, both seeing and hearing the miracles which he did. Well, now I want to ask you a question. If he did miracles, didn't he work a miracle? I said, if he did miracles, it said miracles which he did. You understand, of course, it's by the power of the Holy Ghost. But if he did miracles, didn't he work a miracle or work miracles? For many unclean spirits came out crying with a loud voice. And I know many of sick of the palsy were healed, many that were lame. You notice it doesn't talk about any diseases or sicknesses here from, you know, from our standpoint, as we think of them. Now, you see, palsy is creeping paralysis. And evidently, these people probably become totally paralyzed and incapable of moving. But then we know what lame means, don't we? We would say crippled very often. Notice it doesn't say anything about a blind person being healed or a deaf person being healed or a leprous person being healed. You notice that? I think that we, we, we need to readjust our thinking about a lot of these things. I remember um, on one occasion, after the Lord first appeared to me in that vision, the first vision back in 1950, then sometime later, I was holding a meeting in one of our western states and ministering healing. You see, under this, with this anointing. See, he said, and when he placed the finger of his right hand upon my hand, I have called thee and have anointed thee and have given unto thee a special anointing to minister to the sick. Well, in the healing line, a prayer line, actually, because I'd put people in the same line to be healed or filled with the Holy Ghost. I saw this lady, you know, holding a pillar, you know, just a regular size bed pillar. You know, not, not queen size or king size, just a regular size pillar in her arm like that. And, and, and a child, you know, and I thought a little baby, you know. And she, you know, as we ministered to folks one by one, talked to them and ministered to them individually, finally she got up there, you know, to me. And when I looked at that child lying on that pillow whose body wasn't any bigger than, I'd say, of three, four-month-old child, not any bigger than that. I've seen many three- and four-month-old children whose body was bigger than this child's body, but just a baby. And yet as I looked into his face, I could see that it had the face. Now, the head wasn't any bigger much but it had the face of a four or five-year-old child, not just a baby. And so I said to the mother, I suppose you brought the child, yes, she said. I said, how old is this child? She said, between four and five. I said, what's wrong with it? She said, well, I don't know, it just never has grown. The doctors don't understand it. She said, they actually said they don't understand how the child's lived. But she said, the child has never made a sound in his life, never moved one arm or one leg, not a one, none. And, and, and you look at it, you think maybe it's blind. She said, I thought the child's blind, but the doctor said, no, it's not blind. And they don't understand. She said, I've had the child, to, and she mentioned other larger cities, asbestos, and they said, well, it's just beyond us, you know, how the child has lived. These are the words she told me. Well, I laid my hands on that child, and I knew that that healing anointing did not go into that child. I knew it didn't. Well, I didn't have the heart to tell that mother that. I mean, what are you going to do? So I just went ahead and ministered to the child just like I did the rest of them. I do that all the time with people, and yet I know the healing power doesn't go into them. I know very often it's not healing they need, but you don't have time to stop. Because if you, ha if you take time to stop and get over into the natural, you'll very often lose the anointing. So I just went on, passed the child on. But I remember then, that when I got in my car, I was traveling alone in those days. I got in my car and started back to the hotel. I wept all the way back to the hotel. 
And when I got to my room, I fell on my knees by the bedside weeping and said, Lord, why couldn't I help that little child? That healing power did not go into that child. It never left my hands. Welcome to Rama for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagan. You can find more great materials by Kenneth E. Hagan, Pastor Hagan, and the rest of the Hagan family by visiting our online bookstore. Right now, I'd like to tell you about this month's special radio offer. This offer begins with the book by Kenneth Hagan entitled Called of God. The next book in this offer is from Lynette Hagan entitled God's Positioning System. The next in this offer is the CD from Craig Hagen entitled The Greater Mentality. And last but not least is the CD from Denise Hagen Burns entitled Holy Spirit, The Ultimate Best Friend. All this for the special price of $30. Call toll free 1-888-FAITH-99. Again, call toll free 1-888-FAITH-99. You can also order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Rhema.org. Or if you prefer to write to Kenneth Hagen Ministries, our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. We always love to hear from our listeners, so write in or email us today and become a part of Rhema for Today. Right now, let's join Kenneth and Lynette Hagen. It's because we have Word Partner Club members. And you say, well, what's a Word Partner Club member? Well, it's somebody that prays for us regularly. Yes. And somebody that sends an offering at least once a month to help support uh, Rama. You can go to rama.org and slash WPC and, yes. and sign up. It doesn't matter how much. Every offering counts when it all gets here because of you. Tomorrow, more from Kenneth E. Hagen on The Spirit Within and The Spirit Upon, Volume 2. If you'd like, you can visit our online bookstore at rhema.org. Thanks for listening to Rhema for Today with Kenneth and Lynette Hagen.